Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Monday, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well. Today we are going to take a look at Venus coming through the conjunctions with both Neptune and Jupiter this week. We're going to revisit that. We started looking at it on Friday. We're going to relook at it today from the perspective of each of the 12 whole sign houses. So we're going to go through rising sign by rising sign and uh, look at where this Venus, Neptune, Jupiter um, sort of uh, sequence is going to land in your birth chart and do a, a little delineation of each of the whole sign houses that will land in depending on your rising sign. Uh, so um, that is our agenda for today. And we're going to continue unpacking this transit as the week goes on because there's um, arguably this is one of the most probably I would say the most benefic transit of the year, generally speaking. That does not mean that every single person will be hitting the lottery or, you know, or even having a good time. You know, uh, we each still have, you know, individual uh, karmic configurations within our birth chart. But, uh, you know, and for the same thing can be said for really difficult transits. Sometimes you you look at the uh, chalkboard for the year and you go, oh, look at that date. That looks like a really challenging transit. And for some people, it's going to be really challenging. For some people, it's not going to be that challenging. A lot of it depends on the specifics of your natal chart and the the time period that you're in. So I say that also so that people don't, you know, freak out or develop or a bunch of attachments or expectations. But it is good to know the general astrological weather because generally speaking, regardless of what's happening in your birth chart, you should feel and notice the transits. Um, so <clears throat> you develop that skill, certainly if you keep paying attention to astrology over time. Well, before we get into it today, I just want to remind everybody, uh, always appreciate you like and subscribe to the channel, um, like the video, subscribe to the channel, click the notification bell for updates. Once you do subscribe, you'll know when I go live. I think I'm going to be doing a live cast this week. I, I think I'd like to do that. Um, also, transcripts of my daily talks can always be found uh, usually within 24 hours on my website and the blog. Uh, so if you want to read a transcript, be sure you do that. New class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics, starts on June 5th, and my year two and horary classes start June 11th and 12th, if you're already in one of my year one programs. Uh, but let's go over to my website really quick, and I'll show you how to learn more about the upcoming course. So you go to my website, which is nightlightastrology.com, and you are going to click on the courses page, click on the first year course, and scroll down to learn more about it. <clears throat> You learn all about this one-year program in ancient Hellenistic astrology. Uh, there's 30 classes on the year. We have guest teachers, interactive forum discussions with a paid tutoring staff that's there to support you all year round. Um, and uh, I'm also available year round. You can always email me with questions throughout the course. We have breakout study sessions in between units led by our staff. So if you need extra tutoring help, there's tons of it. There's also tons of bonus lectures and content and uh, reading and quizzes and all sorts of flashcards we have for you to help you develop your study outside of class. Where many people take it for the sake of just, you know, just this is my hobby. This is what I love. Uh, and other people take it because they really want to learn how to read for people and actually develop a professional practice. So it really caters to how deeply how seriously you want to go. All sessions are live. They are going, this class starts on Sundays uh, on um, June 5th, and it meets at um, noon Eastern time until about two to three o'clock Eastern time. Classes are about two to three hours in length throughout the year. Um, 
<clears throat> if you can't make the webinars live, they are all recorded and kept for you so that you can watch the replays. You also get to download and keep everything in the course. There's an early bird payment, saves you $500 if you pay in full. There's a payment plan if you need it. And then please be sure to take advantage of the need-based tuition. I'm going to go ahead and actually highlight that. So this is the tuition assistance. That is for people who, for whatever reason, the price point is out of reach based on your, you know, your fixed income or budget, whatever it might be. So please be sure to take advantage of that. We have limited amount of those available, but they're still open. So really glad to make sure that nobody's ever priced out of studying astrology. Check out the need-based tuition option if you want to take one of my courses, but for some reason can't afford it. Um, so um, that being said, <clears throat> any questions about the course, email info at nightlightastrology.com. Today, again, we are talking about Venus and Pisces conjoining Neptune and then Jupiter. This transit, broadly speaking, lasts between April 24th and May 2nd. Venus will conjoin Neptune on April 27th, which is this Wednesday, and then it will conjoin uh, Jupiter by April um, 30th, which is by Saturday. So we have a week chock full of Ven Venusian, <clears throat> excuse me, Venusian uh, dynamism. So a lot of a lot of action from Venus in the sky this week. Venus is currently exalted in the sign of Pisces, the sign of the fish, a sign that Venus is very happy and very easily and naturally expresses her own nature. Um, along with Jupiter, who is also at home in the sign of Pisces, this makes for a very benefic combination. When these two planets get together, <clears throat> generally speaking, you get themes of support. Uh, it's a supportive combination. Generally, it is harmonious, meaning it brings unlike things together and makes them part of a whole. It is a very fertile transit. It often translates into things growing, uh, money, business, um, children. <laughs> it tends to exaggerate things and blow them up. It can kind of aggrandize things, um, which is something to be a little bit careful of. Uh, it's growth-oriented. It is tends to be romantic, imaginative, subtle. And I put the word unitive because it tends to um, bring people together or many different things together into a whole. It starts giving you a, a, oftentimes just a, a, a general feeling of well-being, like all is well. Now, these are the most general things that, we could, that I could think of that would be easy to use for the sake of breaking down uh, the 12 house placements based on your rising sign today. But as the week goes on, we are going to continue to look at this combination of planets from a variety of different angles, because along with Jupiter's conjunction with Neptune earlier this month of April, this is one of the, the most spectacular uh, combinations of planets that we're going to see throughout 2022. Now, remember, that does not mean that you will see or feel or experience it the same as everyone else. I've already said that once, but it's worth saying again. And the second thing to remember is that oftentimes this combination plants a seed. Remember that these are conjunctions. When Venus conjoins Jupiter, both in their own uh, dignities and also when they both conjoin Neptune, you might be saying, well, nothing much happened. <clears throat> remember that a conjunction is a lot like a new moon. Any planetary conjunction is the seeding period for the synodic cycle between two planets. 
So when three planets come together in a synodic cyclical conjunction, a seed is being planted. Oftentimes there is there are vivid events connected with the planting of that seed. Sometimes there are not. Sometimes there are subtler things that are starting to happen in less visible or tangible ways. But a shift is underway. And I would, if you have a journal or a you keep a like a you keep any kind of planetary tracking uh, document on your computer or something. I would make note of this time, April 2022, what was shifting, what was changing. It's around this time that the seeding of something is taking place. Now, the seeding is taking place in your birth chart in a whole sign house. So that's what we're going to look at next to give you a clue as to where the this very expansive, supportive horizon expanding energy might be found but that does not mean that you will necessarily see it right away so when we say where it will be found we mean where is that seed being planted that will gestate and likely over time you will start to see bear fruit so we talked about this a while ago when we talked about um jupiter and uh neptune conjoining the 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 way that i spoke about that one <clears throat> was to say okay look oftentimes this points to something the development of something that that will greatly expand a horizon but it's just the first seeding of that horizon expanding for example the first um black baseball player inducted into the hall of fame the first woman stepping onto the field for a a, a baseball game as a coach these are milestones that happened both recently and historically the um uh, I think it was the launching of the Hubble telescope or something to do with Hubble. Uh, NASA's program itself got off the ground. Um, so you'll see these moments that it's kind of like it's a leap, but it's it's just the beginning of something. And so you also have to remember that. Um, <clears throat> there's always going to be people who are also like, this transit has been nothing but bad, you know, like they, you astrologers lie, you know, <laughs> and I always, I always kind of, you know, I always am a little suspicious about people who are uh, filling a, a YouTube comment after a transit like this with all caps about how bad the transit is. <laughs> it's like, well, you stand out in the comments from everyone else. So <laughs> maybe, maybe it's about you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't mean to be a jerk. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> no, and and honestly, some people may still be having really other difficult transits at this time too. So that can always contribute. But um, all right. So some of the what we're going to do is we're going to take uh, we're going to take this triple conjunction through all 12 houses and we get to start with Pisces because we're going in the order of whole sign houses. So this is, we're going to start with Pisces rising today and uh, we'll be going uh, in an order that is not Aries through Pisces. <laughs> it's like for horoscopes, you know, if you're a Pisces, how nice it is to go first for once. All right, here is the chart. <clears throat> and <clears throat> let's go ahead. I'm going to put some things up on the screen just to orient us just some little keywords not meant to be exhaustive but all right so if you're a pisces rising you can see this triple conjunction taking place in your first house so where do we see that horizon opening and expanding we see it in the area of body health character psychology identity 
This place as the place where planets rise into the east and become visible is also a place of inceptions and beginnings. So we really have the quintessential seed being planted here, uh, a new era or a new chapter in your life marked by the benefic combination of Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter. Um, <clears throat> I like that Mars is there too, has that it gives that kick right now. Mars also very action oriented. So this is not just sleepy dreaming. This is, uh, there's action behind this right now. How are you being uh, prompted to make a change to body, health, character, identity? How are you changing on the level of personal evolution? Um, this, this is a very personal place for the planets to unfold. Every other house has something to do with someone or something around us or in our lives that is sort of peripheral to the actual question of character and identity. So when you have this kind of conjoining of these three planets in the house of character and identity, the idea here is that <clears throat> this should be um, the feeling of becoming someone, somebody new, or something that is redefining your sense of self or, um, or health or body or physical appearance or psychological characteristics. You're, you're changing somehow. And probably for the better, probably with a, a sense of hope and inspiration behind it. Um, now that may take a little bit to develop, but that's that's something like the seed being planted. Let's go along to the second house now. <clears throat> Whoops. So now we're going we're going backwards. So we're looking at Aquarius rising, and if you are an Aquarius rising, you are going to see that this triple conjunction, so to speak, comes through. It's not exactly triple conjunction, but these three planets coming together in your second house, a place that is associated with your resources, the things that you depend upon or rely upon, income and expenditures. When you see the seeding of something great, grand, and benefic like this Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter combination, the beware is, um, you know, buying something or being attracted to something or desiring something that is over the top, that's too expensive, or that will, it, it's, you've got uh, um, starry eyes about something that you, you think you need, but may actually cost too much or be sort of unrealistic. On the other hand, I think the um, great benefit of this transit would be to bring some new resource into your life. It could be a skill you're developing. It could be an asset that you're cultivating within yourself emotionally or psychically, or it could be that uh, something is growing around money and business and it, it, it will be felt and received as a blessing. So, <clears throat> and generally I feel pretty good about that transit. The only beware there again is like, you know, kind of that, that, classic second house phrase, be careful of going to the grocery store on an empty stomach. All right, let's go on to placing, um, we're going to place Capricorn on the ascendant. And now we're looking at this conglomeration in the third house. Now, this is a place that's associated with the mind and your environment and also uh, learning, sometimes communication, technology, media. I look at this and I think, you know, what's really nice about this is that you've had Pluto in your first house for a long time as a Capricorn. It is starting to getting ready to leave your first house. In the next year, it's going to start its entrance into Aquarius. And you're really coming to the end of an era where Pluto has been 
you know, weighing heavily on mind, body, identity, character. Um, and with it moving into the second house, uh, the, the load might be lightened psychically, mentally, emotionally. I like that this great triple conjunction of 2022 lands in the third house of the mind where a softer, gentler, kind, kinder, more expansive, more emotional and um, watery, intuitive way of knowing or thinking or being uh, could be presenting itself. You see this triple conjunction and you think, what is changing in the environment or the mind that is bringing in softness, imagination, fluidity? Um, and that could be, especially because these are all, this triple conjunctions all kind of landing in the range of a sextile to Pluto in the first house. Could this be the, the beginning of the end of, of the heaviness of Pluto, you know, in your first house? And I, I feel like that's the most uplifting thing that comes to my mind when I look at this. The other thing, of course, would be anything that's entering the environment that's graceful, uplifting, inspiring, romantic, imaginative, that has an influence on you, your mind, or your mind on the environment, or something that you're learning, or some uh, some way of communicating or thinking that is uh, it's reflecting a change in you personally. So <clears throat> I look at that as you know a softening or an opening of mind, spirit, and environment. Um, maybe some other artistic or creative form of communication that's entering your life or that's asking for some, or that's inviting you to heal uh, mind and intellect, especially because the Capricorn tends to be, you know, on the heavier side. And sometimes there's also like a, like a sharper, edgier, more cynical dimension of the mind um, that Capricorns deal with, uh, Capricorn rising. Remember, in the ancient world, the rising sign was more usually more indicative of your 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 sense of character and psychology than uh, you know your sun sign for sure. Um, okay, so let's put Sagittarius on the ascendant, and now we're going to look at this triple conjunction here in the fourth house, the place that is associated with home, family, and roots. I love this as a moment of joy surrounding the family. Is a child being born? It doesn't have to be your own, it could be. Are you getting pregnant? Are you getting married? Are you moving in? Uh, the idea of home and roots expanding or there being healing at the home, at the level of home, family, and roots, of there being a dream scenario surrounding property or maybe you're even just rearranging your house in some way to make space for you know, an altar room or a place where you can do art or make music or something like that. Love, beauty, tranquility, joy, um, water. I also have to be honest and say water in the home. You might be, you, you could be dealing with um, the overflow of emotions around home and family as well as the literal overflow of water. That would be, you know, and, and sometimes this, this conglomeration of planets in the fourth house can also be about the um, you know, the, the, the questions about boundaries in, in the home. Well, there's, there's something that's, um, you know, good here, but Mars is hanging out in the fourth house as well. And it could point to something around, um, you know, the, the, the boundaries that you share that you have to keep, um, with family members or in the home space somehow. 
Okay, so just a few thoughts to help us along. Let's go ahead and we'll we'll keep moving now. <clears throat> We're going to go to Scorpio rising. If you are a Scorpio rising, this places Venus, Jupiter, and Neptune into your fifth house. And that is a place that is associated with children and pregnancy, joy and pleasure, recreation. So first of all, this is the fertile pregnancy transit of the year. If you're a Scorpio rising, especially landing in your pregnancy house, super fertile transit, um, very easily associated with pregnancy. Um, however, also broadly speaking, associated with joy, children, creativity, and, and how you seek pleasure. Now, with this triple conjunction, things could go over the top a little bit, but as a Scorpio rising and a child of Mars, I like this as a softening, graceful, heart-opening, um, joy, joyful time, one that could also help to soften aspects of um, you know, one's personality or mindset, uh, one that could be opening and uh, allow you, allowing someone to be more vulnerable. This is also about looking for um, you know, to me, this transit is a little bit like in the fifth house is a little bit like going to the magic kingdom or something. It's like Disney world, or it, it has the feeling of pageantry and beauty and theater. It's like being starstruck. It's, it's a very glamorous transit to have in the fifth house, a place that was called the joy of Venus. So I think there's something here about, you know, your, the creative side of you and opening it more allowing for more of it to come through and speak and the pursuit of pleasure and joy and what room you give for that in your life right now all right <clears throat> the beware of course is sort of you know going over the top somehow that's always a um potential where you you just go too far somehow all right let's Fifth house can be like that. It can be like a little bit like a, a hedonistic binge. So you do have to be a little bit mindful, but all right. Well, we're moving now into Libra rising, which places the Venus, Neptune, and Jupiter combination into your sixth house, a place that's associated with hard work, sacrifice, and service, and also sickness. I like this as a moment of healing from something or recovering from something, or finding a silver lining in the midst of something that is difficult, such as a sickness or a frustration or a roadblock. Also, I look at this as a time of selfless service. What are you working for? Or what are you working on behalf of? Uh, what are you giving yourself to that is uplifting? Um, that that gives you a greater sense of uh, mission in life? The sixth house is a place that was associated with Mars and the act of uh, like self-sacrifice, as in someone who might die for a cause. Um, you don't have to take it that far, obviously, but just pouring yourself into something that you believe has a transcendent value and that you where you don't mind some act, willing act of sacrifice. It could be for something that you're trying to accomplish or learn, or it could be something that you are serving or someone that you are serving. There could be a little bit of a martyr-like quality to this one. So I would be careful about, again, about boundaries and about the underlying motivations. Like, am I, am I doing something? Am I sacrificing just to, you know, 
to look good. I know that sounds like very cynical, but <clears throat> you know, you don't want to be sacrificing and bending over backward just because you're hoping that it'll it'll validate you in the eyes of someone or something else. Uh, that that might be a path you end up regretting later. Well, let's keep moving along, and we're going to put Virgo on the ascendant. This moves our whoa, we got the big donut out again. All right, let's, let's <laughs> I love it. I love it when somehow I accidentally do that. All right, here we go. Here is the Virgo rising. So you've got Pisces in the seventh house. Thinking about this triple conjunction when it comes to love and relationships, this has to be one of the most, you know, googly-eyed, <laughs> uh, googly-eyed romantic transits of all of the signs that we're going through today. You've got the triple conjunction, the most romantic, inspiring, subtle, um, you know, potentially wearing of the rose-colored glasses. Uh, transit and it's happening in your house of love, relationship, sexuality. So this is the ultimate romantic moment you could say for Virgo rising. Um, it has the the feeling of this great joining of um, forces in the seventh house of marriage and relationships. Sometimes that happens when you know people get married or fall in love or meet someone or have a passionate love affair or. Um, you know, when a spouse or a partner gets a raise or something miraculous happens that connects you to someone else in your life that becomes very special or important. But look for people in your life, key relationships to be the bearer of the, um, the benefic quality of this transit. Um, of course, you want to be a little bit careful of romantic aggrandizement. You know, it's like, uh, give it time, be careful about being too impulsive. But but also, this is this is definitely a, a time where it's it's okay to be swept off your feet once in a while if the if the moment demands it. So we're going to put Leo on the ascendant now for Leo risings. This is going to land in your eighth house. <clears throat> now the eighth house is a place, of course, associated with death, but also with debts, those that we owe to others or that others owe to us let's call it karmic entanglements for better or worse, and other people's resources as well as their esteem, how what they think of us, how they value us, what they offer to us, good things or bad things that come through our relationships with other people in time, like karmic, again, karmic entanglements is a phrase I always use for this house. So with this triple conjunction here, I love the idea of something very positive coming through someone else. Could this be a sign of inheritance or... You know, a lot of my clients under this transit I've been noticing lately of my a lot of Leo risings that I see for the past month um, here or there have been uh, dealing with something involving their families, like, you know, their family's property or the maybe they manage the estate for a number of siblings or something who are all in a trust or a will or so something like that is kind of um wouldn't be surprising anything involving like inheritance, but anything positive or good that's coming in through a partner or a spouse, uh, something that's happening in their life or their business or their career that's positive. Um, also, anything involving a, 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 um, a boon or a blessing that's being given to us by others. Of course, you want to be a little bit a little bit careful. There's a there's a, always a little bit buyer beware in the eighth house. It does 
often come with the entanglements that uh, we can't see in the beginning. So there's a seeding here of some resource that may be available to us through others. What will the cost be? That's always, you know, how, how will this, what will be expected of me later would be a good question to ask right now, not to uh, look a gift horse in the mouth or not to uh, suggest that there isn't something truly benefic coming to you right now. But I would just always remember with the eighth house that there's usually something owed later for anything super positive that comes in now. <clears throat> so we will move along. <clears throat> and now we've got cancer rising, which means we're going to be placing the triple conjunction here in the ninth house, which is a place of the higher mind, religion, travel, um, for cancer risings, there's this union of forces in the place of religion, spirituality, um, higher education, maybe travel abroad, foreign countries or places. So it has a really, um, you know, very auspicious quality to it. I wouldn't be surprised for to hear people going back to school or finding some teacher or mentor or some opportunity for travel abroad or any any uh, an inspiring mentor coming into your life or a subject matter you become passionate about religious experience anything involving the goddess and the the worship or uh, adoration of of um, women uh, in a in a spirit especially in any kind of spiritual setting so that's that's has uh, you know very uh, nice look and feeling to it for cancer risings all right, we're going to go along to the 10th house next. That's Gemini rising. If you're a Gemini rising, we are placing Jupiter and Neptune and Venus into the 10th house, a place of career and concern concerns that we may have with reputation, the, our public-facing self and our uh, aspirations in the material world, especially as earners or uh, people who are pursuing a professional path of some kind. So this is a seeding moment for your career if you're a Gemini that looks very positive. The idea of um, benefic allies or opportunities opening up around career or potential future career developments. I, I think this is a very promising um, space for you right now as a Gemini rising where you can see uh, the horizon expanding somehow professionally. Now, I would say, you know, sometimes this triple conjunction up here will be... Um, you know, an opportunity that's fleeting. So you, with Jupiter in the 10th, there's almost always this, make sure you take, you know, take the opportunity while it's there. It doesn't always last forever. Um, but something may be opening that has more of a, a long-term trajectory, but you have to step through the, the door and, and take advantage of what's being offered. Don't, don't, uh, don't wait too long on a good opportunity. Don't sit on your hands. And the other thing, of course, would be, you know, just, any kind of potential romantic idealization of something or someone relative to career or reputation, especially the pursuit of glamour or fame um, to an unhealthy extent would be, you know, some, that'd be something to be careful of. All right, well, let's go along again. And <clears throat> we now have Taurus rising, uh, which means we are placing this conglomeration into the 11th house. That is a place of friends, groups, and allies. Could there be some kind of collaboration that is finally coming together, some joining of forces or some, um, 
some group endeavor that you are going to be a part of? Could there be an opportunity to make your name or uh, work known amongst a new group of people or with new friends or allies? Is there some professional resource being made available to you? The 11th house was often associated with anything that could be an aid or an asset to your professional ambitions or your reputation in the world. So in terms of the things coming through friends, groups, allies, the support of people that might uh, help you along toward your larger professional aspirations or people that you share some kind of larger group affinity with and some really positive things coming through on that front. Now, of course, the potential for some kind of aggrandized over the top, you know, um, you know be careful. People can maybe over promise and under deliver with something like this. But I, I at the same time, I, I genuinely think that there's mostly um, something to look forward to here for, for Taurus Risings in the 11th house. So <clears throat> finally, we will move along to Aries Rising. You get to go last this time, Aries, for once in your freaking life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so here's the uh, triple conjunction, and we see it in the 12th house. Now, this is a place of self-undoing, but also solitude. It's a place of blind spots, but also the learning from what we come to see that we couldn't see before. So for example, you have things that are hidden from our sight, whether that's enemies or people or negative influences or self-destructive behaviors or patterns, but also we tend to have encounters with them and we come to understand them. I would look for this to be a particularly healing transit for Aries rising insofar as you become aware of an influence or a person or a pattern that maybe is not healthy for you, but by becoming aware of it, there is this feeling of emergence. And this is about, this is happening as Jupiter is about to enter Aries um, May 9th, I think it is, and uh, enter your first house. So I do feel like whatever you're wrestling with in the unconscious right now, you're on the brink of a breakthrough personally. Um, you want to make sure that there isn't some, uh, you know, self-aggrandizing uh, spirit that's about to uh, then enter your first house and set you off onto some kind of ego trip. But otherwise, what I what I love about this is a benefic influence that comes in, and it and it sort of brings awareness to something. It brings something to light. And it gives you maybe even a, a space of interiority that you haven't had before, some awareness, some deeper uh, awareness of yourself and what works and doesn't work. And then you find in May that that transition to Jupiter in your first house becomes very empowering as a result. So that is, uh, that's probably the most uplifting thing I have to say about that one. Um, maybe a little bit of like romantic drama, like a little melancholic uh, energy around romance and love uh, that could be there, uh, given especially that Venus is your seventh house ruler. But yeah, we'll see how that one goes. I'd love to hear stories from Aries rising this month in particular, since that one, uh, to me, it's always interesting when you see a big benefic transit, but it's in, you know, like for Libras, it's in your sixth house. Uh, or for Aries, it's in your 12th. Anyway, <clears throat> so I want to uh, say thank you again for um, all of you guys uh, helping me grow the channel. If you like this video, it helps the channel grow. If you subscribe uh, to the channel, it helps the channel grow. Once you do subscribe, share your comments and click the notification bell for updates. Really appreciate uh, really appreciate all of that. You can find a transcript of my 
talk uh, usually within 24 hours on my website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Don't forget my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystics, starts June 5th. Be sure to uh, sign up quickly because we um, we do have a limited amount of the need-based tuition um, scholarships in particular. So if you are interested in that, be sure you sign up for it sooner than later. We can't guarantee that they'll be around. We hope that there'll be plenty of them still, but um, as the programs grow, things change. We just have to make sure we tell everyone to do it early. Any questions that you have whatsoever about the new courses, feel free to email us info at nightlightastrology.com. That's what I've got for today. And we will see you again tomorrow. Lots of good stuff to cover this week and eclipses coming up. May's astrology coming up, horoscopes for May coming up, lots of big stuff. So we'll talk again soon. Take it easy, everyone.